Hey guys, welcome to the Rosenswag Podcast. I'm Joseph Rosenswag, and welcome to the show. Uh, so this week we have Kyle Vaders on the podcast. Kyle is a Canadianite. That's right, he's from the beautiful land of Canada, the place that really only exists on paper. It's covered in snow, moose, maple syrup, and what they call bacon, but it's actually just sliced ham. That's right. Kyle is a fantastic comic with a lot of stories about what he has been through in his life and how he has gotten a unique perspective on him. He's one of my favorite guys to see around the city. He's just a swell all-around human being, if I'm being honest. Like, if you want someone who is continually going to gas you up, who's going to give you all the positiveness that you need in the world, this is the motherfucker. That said, darkest stories imaginable on stage... It's it's funny as fuck. Just light whimsical off stage. Meet him on stage. See him do his acting. And go holy fuck. Sorry about that. A little bit gassy right now, I guess. But uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's gonna be on the podcast today. It's gonna be great. Uh, uh alongside that, uh, we we have some announcements. Mayhem does. I'm trying to expand to some more clubs and things like that. We're going to be doing some more shit overall, uh, kind of inspired by Kyle Gillis. That's right. We have two influential Kyles on this podcast. No, we really only have one. I just want to say quick shout-out to Kyle Gillis and his Radar Network for inspiring me to uh, reach out more to uh, clubs and venues to expand Mayhem Comedy, Inc. just want to give a shout-out to my boys, Matt Snover, Riyad Carroll. We're making it, fellas. We're really making it. Uh I, I really do feel like I'm making it right now because it's cleaning my room and uh, for some of the gigs that I've done, they'll just pay me cash and it's just like, I've got a fucking wad from this. It's not it's not a lot of money. It's not. It's mostly one, so it looks like it's a lot bigger than it is, but it's like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm making it in comedy. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Uh, but yeah, I, I went to Jersey. Uh, I did my first comedy festival. Uh, love the people at Comedy Therapy in Newark. Go check them out if you get the chance. Uh, fantastic people, fantastic place. Uh, first time doing comedy in Jersey, really. Like uh, they, they are a little bit different from New York crowds, but not entirely. Uh, I'm starting to really see what people mean by like each group is different, but you just hear you do that there. Like, I already knew that with uh, New York, like depending on which borough you're in and then which subsection in each borough you're in, that would change it up. But like, uh, I was able to do a little bit different material out there. I had fun, but, uh, biggest thing I'm doing right now is just like really not caring on stage, not, not, not caring, but like being willing to just be like, ah, well, I think this is funny right now in this moment. So we're just going to fucking do it and see what happens. And that has been helping tremendously. Uh, I got a show tonight, 1130 at St. Mark's Theater or St. Mark's Comedy Club. St. Mark's Comedy Club. That's what it is. St. Mark's Comedy Club at V-Spot, Manhattan. So uh, if for some reason you're listening to this right now, you want, wow, what should I do on my Friday night? Uh, I'm going to be there at 1130 tomorrow. I'm doing a rooftop show with Kyle Gillis. Another shout out to that uh, beautiful sound bitch right there. Uh, yeah, we got that going on. Uh Let's see, what else? Sunday, open mics on my roof have been going spectacularly. Uh, it, I, 
the draw is that there's shit else to do if you want to do comedy in New York on a Sunday night and you're not uh, you're not working actively with a club that night. So yeah, we uh, we got that going on. If you want to see some free comedy on some schmuck's roof, hit me up. Uh, let's see anything else on the uh, agenda. Anything else? Uh, Let's see. Do we have anything that we need to announce? I don't think we do. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let this kind of trail off into a short rant. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going going sober for a month for my birthday. So uh, yeah, we're gonna try uh, 31 days without well 30 because I know on my birthday I'm gonna drink. But, uh, yeah, uh, Savannah Lobel, uh, I feel bad about this. She's a friend of mine. She's another comic in New York. Uh, she's going to be moving away, and she's having a going-away party. And it's like, hey, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm not going to be drinking there. Uh, what am I supposed to say? It's just like, yeah, I just want to not be a fat piece of shit. That's it. That's it entirely. I've been going to the gym just trying to lose weight, uh, trying to eat healthier, not doing that successfully like uh my temptation to uh eat a ball of mozzarella like an apple is always there doesn't help that my day job is working at a uh, cheese shop where i'm lead cheesemonger and it's literally my job to try and taste as many of these as possible and determine if we should sell them if we should change them bop it up are they still good either way i uh i'm working on that what else what else what else that is the comic mantra for somebody who doesn't know what to say on stage. It's like, I've used up all my material. You didn't like it. What else? Uh, yeah, that that's about it. Uh, I don't know. Make goals. Try to achieve them. Something inspirational. Eh, do what you're doing. Keep up at it. That thing. That thing you're doing. Don't do that. Do the other thing. What do, What do you want? Okay, that's that. That's enough. That's enough of this. All right, we're gonna do the show. You ready? We're gonna do the show. Welcoming Kyle Vader's to the Rosen Swag Podcast right now. A Monday warrior, mean mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean mean pride. Just start this right off the bat. How'd you end up doing comedy? That's uh, yeah, man. <laughs> um, you know, man. I actually started doing comedy um, in around 2014 in Canada. That's where I'm from, right? And it was just a different scene back then. This was like urban comedy nights, open mics, but you'd have to share it with like a guy doing like tambourine and shit. Yeah, like, there was no. I mean, there were specific. I think, open, I think urban means different in America than it does in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I was gonna say when you, I took the scenic drive here from Crown Heights to here, man, because like I'm just not gonna take the transit between neighborhoods of Brooklyn. Fuck that. It's just too much shit. And you're just going by the armory and stuff, and it's just like 20 guys doing the dope fiend lean. Yeah, you know. You know? <laughs> There's actually a street a couple blocks away from here. And just for one block, yeah, it is almost all heroin addicts. Man, it's the same thing with my neighborhood. Like, 
it's a good neighborhood, but right around the corner is the armory, and there's, mm. like, 30 guys always camped out there. I'm not sure if it's, like, a drop-in clinic or, like, a nursing thing, but they're always just out there, man. It's fine. They never do shit. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, my wife will, like, get dropped off there, and then she'll yeah. be coming home. And you, you got to worry. You got to worry, man, because it's, like, it's not a, a thing. It's just crime. It's just your bad luck and their opportunity. Yeah. And she's just some white chick walking through Crown Heights with, like, a fucking, you know, Apple watch on. Yeah. Like, she's a mark. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyways, back to the comedy thing. Um, yeah, urban is different in Canada. That's a good observation. <laughs> uh, so it was just it was just a way to get like extra time in at at school because it was all school sanctioned mics. And they yeah. would do their own shows, talent shows, and stuff like that. And that sort of progressed to like trying out for just for laughs and sending them tapes. And then everything just shut down, man. Like I had to get my own job and everything. So comedy kind of just got curtailed. But when I moved to New York City, I had this dream of doing comedy and. Sorry, it was totally different environment. Just the quality of comic was so much better. You look so much more serious without the glasses. <laughs> that's how, that's my, I'm ready to talk face. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? <laughs> like with the glasses on, it's like, you, you're like the friendly science teacher who's like, yeah, we're going to, if anybody wants to say after class, I'm going to show you how to make uh, bubbles <laughs> burst into flames. Anybody want to stick around for that? Yeah, yeah. He takes off the glasses, and I'm going to show you the real shit. Okay. But, um... Now yeah, man. So that, that that uh, yeah. Now we cook. Uh, I don't have cancer though. But um, yeah, man. So my wife, uh, my brother died. Right, I told yeah. you about that a long time ago. Well, a year ago, and I was just like, I had no reason to get out of the house. Yeah, and my wife's like, "Fuck it, dude. You got to get out there and do." And the only thing I ever loved was comedy, like watching specials, yeah. going to live comedy. It was always my favorite thing on the planet. So my wife signed me up for a class, which I know now is like a bit of a faux pas. Yeah, but... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everybody has different methods of getting in. Yeah, I mean, like, talking to other comics, I've been told now that, like, if you're in a class, like, keep it hush a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't go around advertising that. Like, it's frowned upon a little bit. Yeah, it's... I, I'm one of those people who's like, oh, you took a class. Great. Yeah, you but know what I mean? also, it's like, I... Like, if you asked me a year ago... Like, I would have been like, oh, this guy's going to fucking suck. <laughs> but then it's just like, at, I've met so many people who, like, a couple years after, it was less about the class giving them anything more than just like, yeah, they're going on stage now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. It was a little push they needed. It, it, I can't blame her. You know, it was a nice gesture, and it was like one of those things, you know, it's like when your mom buys you a sweater that you never wear. Yeah. Unless she's around. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. I was just like, you know, it's like the intentions were so good and so pure that I, I just was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, whatever. And it was a, a laughing Buddha class. But, um, you know, I learned what I could from it. Yeah. As much as anyone can. Yeah. Um, introduced me to you guys, which was a nice thing. Yeah. Through Eastville, because that's like their main base of operations, right? So I, that's, it kind of just pushed me out the door. Yeah. And I felt like in the beginning of my comedy, man, it was just like, I haven't been doing it super long, but like. I felt like I was trying to do this, like, Hannah Gatsby sort of, like, deep spiritual yeah. type of comedy. And I think it was mainly just a way to cope with, like, my brother dying. And I think it was, like, you guys that was, like, starting to rub off on me. Like, it's one thing for something to be inherently funny. And I, I just noticed that, like, you're trying to t take something traumatic and spin it in a way that's just not going to work. Like, I don't find it funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just dawned on me. I think it might have been Kyle Gillis, actually. And uh, he was just like, yeah, man, like, if you're not finding it funny, like, why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah, that that's <laughs> the thing. Like, uh, you, if you don't think it's funny, yeah, they're not going to think it's funny. 
and I just kind of got, I, I had this thing where like, I just fell out of love with like my material. And I was just like, God damn it. I'm going to do things that make me laugh, man. Yeah. So I've been going through like a reassessment of comedy lately. So that, that's kind of leads me here. Just trying new things and stuff. So yeah. I'm very appreciative of it. And, and like I said, you and Kyle and a lot of the guys I've met through Eastville, some of the nicest people I've met in comedy, like, which I didn't think to yeah. encounter. Like, I didn't think I'd encounter that. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, that's one of the uh, weird things. Like, everybody has their own group. Like, no matter what you're doing, but in comedy, like, it's always, like, I, I have nothing in common with most of the people I hang out with doing comedy. Yeah. Like, uh, like take one of my best friends in the world, Rehad Carroll. Oh, yeah. He's oh, going to yeah. hear this, and he's going to go, Dude, <laughs> you talked about me again. And it's just like, yeah, on paper, not too much in common. One of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, and yeah. I think that it's 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 so true, like, just looking at even the group that we're sort of pseudo-assembled yeah. with, even in our group chats and stuff, like, what an eclectic group of people. Yeah. There's no two of them that are alike in, in, in any reasonable fashion, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I love about it. Like, I feel like I was worried about all this sort of, like, wokeness in New York, like this overly PC culture. And it's not that at no, all. No, that's man. just Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this neighborhood is different, man. Like, it's nice though. But like I feel like there are more mesh shirts per capita in this neighborhood owned by straight men than anywhere else in the world. I think Bushwick is the only place where a man wearing a mesh t shirt isn't gay. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the neighborhood vibe, man. It's fucking real. It's I love comfortable. It it's hot out. Man, <laughs> I, it's just crazy like <laughs> Walking through and just like counting the the guys with the dope fiend lean man, and you're just like, oh my god! And he's got a mesh shirt on. Of course he does, right? Why wouldn't he? He's doing I, heroin. He's got to be comfortable too. Yeah, right. <laughs> like when you're you, doing your benzodiazepine, whatever the fuck you're mixing it with, why not be comfortable? You're the first person I know besides a couple of my friends <laughs> back home who knows what benzodiazepine is, dude. It's like. <laughs> Well, I know, I know it. I'm not a heroin addict, but like, I know it. It's just like people who can't afford heroin. You mix that with your heroin, you get more heroin. I mean, my buddies and I, one point, uh, I tried it one time. My buddies back home, like, yeah, we, we're uh, taking the benzodiazepine out of inhalers, <laughs> making a tea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like a Texas thing or? No, no, this is, uh, I love my friends, but, like, to say they're white trash would be an understatement. One of my buddies, uh, <laughs> Tom Murphy, one of my favorite lines he ever had was, uh, so, yeah, I went to the opera with my girlfriend. Uh, anyone ever walk into a room and feel like you're the only person who's huff paint there? <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's fucking true, though, man. And you, maybe not so much in a room full of comics, but I'll tell you this, man. Like, I'm from Newfoundland, Canada. Like, pretty white trash. I didn't even know benzodiazepine was in an inhaler. So, yeah. like, you guys take that extra step to read the label, which is a dedicated crackhead. I got to give you guys that. <laughs> you uh, guys know where to find your eye. Uh, when I was in college, it was basically like, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. What? Just so you tried heroin one time. I tried benzodiazepine, okay. not heroin. Okay, but it's like a heroin, right? Needles it, are for losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that shit. I smoke my drugs like a man. Exactly. <laughs> if I can inhale it, it's coming in. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. What what drugs have you tried? Like, What's the hardest thing you've done? Uh, Probably coke. Yeah, 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 me too. I never really did much. I, I never did meth or anything. Like, it was just coke, but I did a lot of coke. I See, I couldn't get into it. It was one of those things where, like, 
my brain was just going into overdrive. <laughs> Similar like when I did Adderall, where it's just oh, like, man. I got to keep thinking and keep moving. I got things. Like, I remember taking Adderall before I had to write a paper, going on Wikipedia, you know, like, you're going to... Find the source of the link. You're going to open that one. Yeah, I had yeah, like a yeah. hundred fucking tabs open. I was reading through each one. And it's like, <laughs> I'm focused as hell on this, but it's not working. Oh, fuck yeah, man. That's how you find out you don't have ADHD. Yeah, because it's not working for yeah. you. <laughs> Dude, I used to do Adderall too before I did a shift at work and stuff like that just to try to get through the day. But eventually it becomes the only way you can get through the shift. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's no wonder that people don't just... I mean, everyone is addicted to fucking something, man. Like, goddamn. I mean, fuck. Yeah, we're drinking Coke, smoking weed. I've got cookies. <laughs> I brought cookies home from work. I don't need cookies. Who needs cookies? I don't think so, man. But yeah, man, it's good to be here, dude. Um, I, I definitely um, I, I'm appreciative to be on a podcast. I, I, it's been so long since I did this. I feel rusty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're one of the only people who's been on here who's done one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's 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 different when you have your own podcast because I don't need to worry about sort of uh, navigating the conversation. It's just me and my wife, right? Like, yeah, which makes me a rarity in comedy. Nobody's fucking married, so that makes me an outlier. Or if you are, you're like, yeah, I decided to do comedy after my kids were grown. Yeah, oh, I'm God, looking at you, O'Sullivan. <laughs> Is it Mike O'Sullivan, right? Yeah. Oh, he's fucking so funny, dude. Oh yeah, I fucking love Mike. Man, there, there so many of the guys. That's the thing I was thinking about. Another this. thing. Unrelated to me completely. He's 50 years old. Is that he how had, old he is? Yeah. He's got Dude, a couple he of kids who are going to college. Like they're close, like they're closer to my age than I am to his age. Holy shit. That's and unreal. It's just like, nah, I fucking love hanging out with the guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's fucking hilarious. Man. Yeah. Didn't he just get the Broadway residency like a little while back? Uh, yeah, but he, as far as I know, he's not doing shows there anymore. Like it's like you get like a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then you're not on there anymore. Yeah, you you and um, Kyle Gillis are like my comedy gurus. I bounce all my questions off you guys yeah, just because I, you know what's I going on. I don't want to do Broadway again. Like, if it's a private show there, sure, but yeah. I don't want to work with Broadway. Yeah, I mean, the, see, it's it's all based on, it's, it's all scales, right? Like, I thought that, like, the the natural progression from the mics was to go to the industry room, you do your industry room, no, and no, then no. you're you're through the door of some so Here, Here's the thing. I won't say... It's not worth doing because it similar to like how you did the class and you mm-hmm. got something out of it. If you get something out of it and you feel like you did better on the other side, great. Yeah. Like, uh, I know a lot of people it's been great for. For me, like I had a couple of shows there and for the most part was just wrecking in that room. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, nothing after that. Plus bunch of other bullshit along with it but it's like other people it's like no this was like one of the best things i've ever done yeah i I, it doesn't make sense to me i wish i knew you know just from my perspective looking in like i've I've personally never done it but i've seen comics i I follow them on everything and you see some people get past and some people who fucking kill yeah and they get nothing yeah and i'm like i don't know how to gauge myself against this group of individuals because there's nothing that i can find tangible to make a connection you know, like, I can't well, figure out the that's method. That's the thing. Uh, like, unless you suck. Yeah. Like, you know who I'm talking about. You've seen people yeah. go on stage oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a few times, and you're just like, wow, this person shouldn't be doing this. And it's not, Yeah, it's nothing against them even as a person most of the time. It's just like, 
no, this isn't for you. Yeah. Even if you got X, Y, and Z, it's like you, you're friends with that person or you're attractive or yeah. something like that. I, I know but, that I try not to muddy the waters too much with like politics, man, because I, I just know that like. Well, New York is the most politically. I've noticed that, man. It's kind of scary. Aggravated. Uh, it's really scary, scene. man. Because yeah. you never know who you're talking to as well. I noticed yeah. it as well, like just doing other shows now. And then you're kind of just in the room and then you're overhearing someone talk. I ne- You never know who somebody is. Yeah. You know, if you don't follow the 5,000 comics in New York City. And that's the other thing. Uh, like, there's so many comics. Like. Yeah. At a certain point, most of the shows that are happening are more or less the same. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it just depends on where it's at, which bar is it happening at tonight. Yeah. And I've noticed, too, a, a big distinction between the bookers that I've met that just put up their friends. Yeah. And then the bookers who are, like, in it for the love of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, like, I'm going to give you a shot. Yeah. Regardless of, of your friendship with them or whatever. But generally speaking, if you come and support their shows, they're yeah. like, fuck it, man, put you up. Let, let's get you going. Like, And if you bomb, you bomb. But it's not a mark against you. It's just an, yeah. it's just an atmosphere that's not a mic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just it's so strange for me. Like, not strange per se, but just, like, for you, for example, like, like I've met you at the mics. I always laugh at your shit, but it's a mic. So yeah. it's just like a couple of people who just know your material. And then watching you at Comedy Mob or your shows, you fucking kill. Yeah. It's a transformative atmosphere. Yeah. And it's so funny to watch you go from, like, Joe on stage, and then you, like, come back in, you sit down or whatever, having your drink or whatever, yeah. and you, like, slip back into yourself. Yeah. And you're just, like, you again. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, I always knew it was funny. Because I'm laughing at it. But just to watch an audience respond to it in the how, way they do. How do you feel about the people who go to mics and just like, I'm not going to laugh at anything? I, I mean, fuck you, honestly. Yeah, you're, you. you're a dildo. Like, the, I, the only times where I don't laugh at a mic is when I'm having a genuinely bad day. Yeah, which is fine. We're yeah, all human. But, but there are people that do that. And they're like, I'm not going to feed you any love, yeah, any support. And it's almost like uh, they want you to fail. You can vibe them out right away. Yeah. Right away. But that's with anything I've ever done, man. There's always someone who's just going to look at you and for whatever reason, like, you're white, you're fat, I don't like you, you know, you Ubered here, maybe you have more money than me. I don't fucking know. Whatever goes through someone's head, right? Yeah. And it's like that purposely set out to be a roadblock for you. There's people like uh, that every day. You know Akshay Bimbet? I do. He's one of my favorite people to have in an audience because if he finds it <laughs> funny at all he lets it out dude it's funny because i don't i haven't had too many experiences with him but i've seen him at um he's a lovely human being he i, I follow him on instagram yeah. I, I read all his poetry and stuff that he yeah. posts his little quips um very interesting guy and i saw him at a down the hatch mic a couple of times i've seen him only maybe at four or five mics he can be a little bit intense but he laughs his heart out though he has nothing as far as i can tell he has nothing but like Love for people. He's like a golden retriever, man. Every Even people that I know that aren't particularly doing well, he can find something funny in it. I would say like a uh, like a bull terrier, like one of those small ones. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit aggressive. He's a little bit small. Yeah. But guess what? You pat him on the head, his tail's going to whack. A little stump of a tail they cut off, that little crop... Ears are gonna go back and forth. He's gonna have a good time, man. And 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 it's it's it, the way you the way you are and the way you um, big up your friends like Matthew and Riyadh. Like yeah. I've never heard you say a negative thing about anybody unless it's like professionally constructed criticism. Yeah, right. Which I generally think is a nice thing to do. You well, know the what I mean? Like, thing is, is that for the most part, most of the people you meet 
are it, everyone says like most people are terrible and no fuck that most people are, are not no uh, the majority of people like if you meet them and they're shitty that's not because of you that's not because of anything you did that's because they're having a shit time like yeah living is awful <laughs> that's dark it's true though red god damn well, it. think about like how often like you're just neutral <sighs> like a how, neutral setting yeah just neutral almost like, almost no times a week almost almost never exactly fair and then it's like yeah you get a little bit of happiness and that little bit of happiness is what keeps you going this little push every time yeah yeah i think um a real good uh, thing that's been happening for for me lately, and for I, I can't speak for you, but like just the groups that we're in now, yeah. just getting together with the comedy mob thing and and being each other's bringer support. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it feels doesn't it feel like the stress has been relieved? Like I'm at your show Monday. There's nothing on earth that's gonna make me miss Woo! it. It's gonna, oh, I'm right. fucking so excited. I hope it sells the fuck out because the more guys we have like you in the game, it takes away a show. From someone else who's potentially a dick. Yeah. Right? Like, I'd rather have you do anything than than a lot of people that I've met who are just going to gatekeep for whatever reason they got in their head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I met this one guy. I'm not going to name names about anything negative. But I met this one guy, and it was at a mic, and there was, like, 20 people there, and he produced a show, and, like, all these people came up to him and were like, oh, I submitted, I submitted, I submitted, and I heard him out in the hallway talking to his friend. Yeah, fuck Omri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I nah, fucking love I, that guy. I, he's wonderful. No, nah, he's a sweetheart, man. I love everybody with radar and, and secret porn and everything like that. But, uh, no, he was out in the hallway just talking to his buddy. He's like, all those people are fucking shit, and he's not yeah. going to... Just over here, he, I was not meant to hear this. Yeah. It was Producers Club. I was sitting at the back. And I just overheard it. I mean, I was, have you ever been to Producers Club? You oh, know what that place is like? It's so soul-crushing, man. Uh, I mean, I did a, I did a, one of their pro shows there, and it was just straight up, like, just comics that showed up. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do, man, because it just doesn't feel good. You know, it's like cheap sets. It feels like a yeah. dirty porno set, man. Like, I can't. And it's nothing against the bookers or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just well, doesn't feel good. the bookers are trying to put on the best show they can at a venue that is openly hostile. Yeah. I mean, one room they had comedy. We're in the little room. Yeah. And then the next room over in the big theater, they had like a dress-up show yeah. where people are just putting on costumes and people were paying to go see that. Yeah. So how can I compete with that? I don't exactly. have an outfit change. Unless I sweat too much. <laughs> I mean, have you thought about doing that? Making it part of your act? <laughs> dude, no. I've seen Matthew Silver do that mid-act, dude. <laughs> dude, I... Dude, that guy... My wife is a fucking psycho, like... Yeah. She thinks we're all funny. Like, she thinks you're legitimately funny. I'm not just big up. She thinks you're really funny. Yes. She thinks Kevin Hurley's very funny. He is. He's she thinks really uh, Kyle Gillis is really funny. Um, she also thinks... Uh, when Kyle did his smoking monkey bit, it made me laugh so I, hard. Dude, I haven't heard time. him do that in fucking forever, dude. It was one of the first times I saw him. It's the reason why I got him to be on this podcast. Dude, he's so first funny, First time man. because it made me laugh my ass off. Fuck yeah, man. He's he's fucking hilarious. I go to whatever show he wants me to do, I'll do it. Just because he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else does she find funny? Uh, Denim. She saw Denim. She thinks he's hilarious. Um, uh, my favorite ones are when Denim is forced, like he forces himself not to be himself on stage. <laughs> Dude, all, all good comments. And then, to top it all off, her favorite is Matthew Silver. And... For me, like I think he's one. I think he's a really funny dude. But that performance art stuff yeah. of it like makes me uncomfortable, just because it's something I could never slip into and, and put myself in his shoes. And he like 
was he was wearing a unitard for one. Yeah. And then he like was cutting his hair on stage and he took off all of his clothes down to his underwear. He's wearing a diaper and he's just running around just being Matthew Silver, being insane. More clothes than he used to wear in Times Square. <laughs> I, I was scrolling through his uh, Instagram one day and it's just this video from CBS News of him waving around a giant sign that says, love yourself. Bare ass naked. Oh man. Painted rainbow. And it's just like I couldn't do that. That's her that I could never do it, but that's her favorite. That's yeah. who she finds the funniest, man. So I got no gauge in how to like make people Oh yeah, that's because there is no <laughs> there is no real gauge. There's no gauge, man. Like, I, I know that um the fun like the funniest routine that I've ever seen anyone do, like actual set mm-hmm. that made me laugh harder than anything else was this guy just saying how everything is soup. <laughs> I room is dead. I'm laughing my ass off, and he's just going, "Everything's soup, man." <laughs> See, I, it's funny because like comics will laugh yeah. at the weird parts of the bits, yeah. that aren't the punchlines because they can see it coming. It's like having yeah. the subtitles on; you're already reading yeah. ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? Why did that tickle you, though, man? <laughs> I have no. It was just I. I'd gotten into. This conversation with a friend years earlier where he got high as shit and he was telling me, uh, almost everything's a sandwich. <laughs> like, almost every food is a sandwich. If you think about like, it, fried it's not chicken, wrong. like that's a wrap, man. But it's bread and yeah. then the meat and then the sandwich. Exactly. Now we're on a journey here, man. Like, You've been le- hitting that vape. And pen. then you have like <laughs> a lettuce wrap. So now lettuce is a bread. Which further expands it. Like a salad is an open-faced sandwich, man. Lasagna is a sandwich. Just exactly. baked in an oven. I fuck. And he's just <laughs> high as shit telling me all this stuff. Shower thoughts, eh? Yeah. Just translated into the real world, man. So, like, what? where did your comedy start off? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Like, why you started. I know you used to be a bodybuilder. Uh, Not bodybuilder. Weightlifter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Weightlifter. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I never had the uh, body for bodybuilder. <laughs> well, that's you build it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? It's in the word. I, I like pizza and snacks too much for that. Yeah, fuck me too, man. Yeah. Oh, man, if, just a side note. Dude, I was, I was talking to a comedy booker. Yeah. And, he, you know, great guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I don't think he'd like if I said his name, so I won't. But um, I was just like, you know, like, what is the comedy world looking for? And he said, di- he just said, di- he just said different. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just different. Like, if you're, you know, Asian yeah. and you're around Times Square, Asian tourists will come see you. Yeah. If you're like a, a black woman... Who does like a very unique brand of comedy? People will come see you. Yeah, and I'm like, all right. Well, what is a what about me being a Jew? And he's like, <laughs> he's, like <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no. He's yeah. like, uh, that's not different. And he's, I'm like, all right. What about being fat? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, dude, I'm like trying to lose weight. And he's like, I wouldn't do that if you're staying in comedy. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Why? Why do you think I like my, like my voice is like one of my key things because of the fact that you got radio voice, man. Yeah, exactly. You that's do. it. It's like. I can say the foulest thing in the world, and it sounds like it's coming from, like, a news production. Just yeah, like, dude, yeah, you sound like the Cincinnati Reds broadcaster. Yeah, exactly. Like, Fag capital of the world. Yeah, dude, yeah, I just exactly. feel like you're I, running I, a game by me, Yeah, dude. that's the thing. I can do that, and I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, you really do, man, because if you close your eyes and then open them and look at you, you're like, that's not supposed to be coming out of you, Yeah, man. exactly. That's not supposed to be coming out of you. But um, what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, you're asking me like how I yeah, how you com- got into comedy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, I was the quiet kid, but I was like the funny guy in my group. Like, uh, in fourth grade, like we had to 
right? We had a creative writing paper, anything yeah. that we wanted to write, and we would vote on it in a class. Like the uh, best one got like this box of goodies. Okay, right? what was and, in the box? Uh, it was like Tootsie Rolls, many <laughs> Snickers, things like that. Candy. Yeah. And I was a fat kid, and <laughs> I liked writing. I thought, and uh, I wrote this whole I. thing about Michael Jackson being like this demonic uh, alien thing. And the class thought how it was hilarious. How old were hilarious. you when you wrote that? It was in fourth grade. It's funny how not far off you were. Yeah. But, well, we were all making jokes. Like, my one of my first jokes that I ever told people and that I got in trouble for was in Cub Scout saying, what's the similarity between Michael Jackson and Walmart? They both have boy shorts half off. <laughs> I almost got kicked out of Cub Scouts for that. Oh, man. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. It's so funny how... Something that's really negative reinforcement, really, yeah. because you're getting in trouble. Yeah. But then on the other side of it, you have the box of goodies for creative writing. So you've had mixed messages your whole life about comedy, right? Yeah, but it was like, uh, like even like so, twelfth birthday. It's my grandfather's funeral. Yeah, <laughs> same day. Yeah, and I cracked. Oh. I don't remember what the joke is to this day, but I cracked some sort of joke. After we left his grave and yeah. got in the car, everyone is bawling their eyes out, and that's how I processed it. Yeah, and bar mitzvah cracked a joke because I had the whole binding of Isaac and founding of the religion story yeah. as my Torah portion. Everyone hated it. Senile grandmother, like who, she lost her mind basically after my grandfather died, <sighs> and uh, she thought it was fucking hilarious. Dude, that's good reinforcement. And right there. then it's just like I was the funny guy in my friend group growing up. I went to college to get a degree in physics. How'd that go? Uh, I have a film degree now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which would have helped you more, man. I, I Maybe no physics. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, That's like, I, I, I'm just going to apply my professional silkscreen through it, man. Because like I used to be like a, a social worker. Yeah. And I'd help homeless guys get jobs. Mm -hmm. Not that you're a homeless guy, but if you brought that shit to me and you were like, uh, yeah, I went in for physics, and now I have a film degree. I'd be like, I don't know how I can help you, man. <laughs> like, you were fucked walking in the door being homeless, but, like, now I don't, yeah, you might as well stay homeless, bro. Like, yeah. I can't help you. But, um, uh, yeah. I, why were you the quiet one in your group, though, man? You don't straight. No, me. I was uh, quiet in class. My quiet friend class. group, you couldn't shut me up. Okay, so yeah. that was where you, like, came yeah, out like, of your shell. Well, it's like in my, uh, at home, my family just doesn't shut up. Like, if it's quiet for an extended period of time, that means yeah. some atrocity has occurred. <laughs> Man, it's funny that, um, yeah, my brother's funeral. Yeah, I, I did the eulogy and I put jokes in it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of where it was a similar experience to you. You know what I mean? People are yeah. very upset, and it it uh, it changed the room. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's still traumatic and horrible, and the person's still gone. But at that moment, people remembered that, and it was yeah. a good little respite from like the the trauma of the that's day. That's the thing. Yeah, I I think people lose sight of that in comedy when they get each other's asses and get full of jealousy and like combativeness and being kind of petty to each other. I think if you look back on the story like you just told, or like the one I would share about the similar thing, like I think that's a really nice thing. Yeah. Just, just right out of the gate. I think that's a nice thing that people do is do comedy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because basically you're saying I'm going to suck shit and my life's going to be really hard for a long time. And I'm going to give up things to make people laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why make it harder on yourself or anybody for that matter? But uh, it hasn't been. You've been in comedy a lot longer than I have, though. 
three years, four if you count. Uh, I don't count COVID. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, don't count COVID. Man. I saw a picture you posted during COVID. I was just going through your socials today. And it was like a shirtless guy yelling at a mic that nobody was in but you, I think. It was on your, it's on your podcast thing. I wanted a little bit of backstory on that. I was going to ask you about it. It looked fucking hilarious. Which one was that? On my podcast page? On your podcast page. Yeah, you're like, this is what COVID mics look like. And it, was, it wasn't a guy that I recognized. It looked like a homeless guy in from the street, man. And he had no clothes on. And he was just yelling. From what I could tell from the picture. See on the, the podcast. Yeah, on your podcast. So yeah. Is it not there? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's one of the laughing Buddha guys. Really? Yeah. Who's that? Uh Jesse. Jesse Sh- Snedden. I've never seen that guy. Yeah, he used I just to said, run a bunch of the stuff. Uh where's he at these days? Uh boozing it up. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, not fuck. not great. He uh, he was a reformed alcoholic. Oh, fuck. And then he slipped back into booze. Uh, had like passed out on stage. Had like a seizure or something. Uh, holy shit! After like starting to drink again, uh, stopped drinking again. Started doing stuff with Buddha again. Started drinking again, and now just. Every now and then he pops up. Man, um... Last I heard, like, uh, another comic just sees him on occasion, drunk his shit in bedside. Just wandering around? Yeah. Fuck, man. That, that's fucking horrible, man. Yeah. I, I, had a, I had a really good set at New York Comedy Club, and I got off the stage once, and I had, the, I had the jitters, you know what I mean? Like, just couldn't come down from it. A lot of adrenaline. Went, sat down at the bar... Had a couple of drinks. I was talking to the bartender. who's also a comic, um, Chris, I believe. And he's just like, yeah, man, that's something that a lot of comics talk about is that coping pre and after the show. Mm-hmm. It's either alcohol or weed or sometimes it's food, but it's a lot of things that necessarily are, 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 are probably destructive. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we're simple people. You know, we work on reward pathways in our brain. Like yeah. we, we do good show. We destroy ourselves after with something yeah. to bring us back down to... Not even net neutral, man, but something. But uh, I, I haven't noticed that too much around comedy. Like, I don't notice you drink or a lot of comics drink too much. You know what I mean? So it's sad to hear something like that, I mean, that, I've man. curbed my drinking a lot. Yeah, like, so was it was more when first, you started off? Oh, when I started comedy, like, I was trash. Seriously? Yeah. So what, what was the thing that pulled you away from it? Was just focusing more on the art or just to keep better care of yourself? Uh. A little bit of both. Like, yeah. I moved up here, and, uh, like, I started getting some stuff in Texas, and it's like, I want to take it seriously, so I moved up here where you become a comedian. Like, you learn all the shit. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> we don't have mute buttons for that shit here. We do, but we're not using them. <laughs> it's just me, man. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I moved up here, and I was still drinking a bit, but it was just like, this isn't helping me. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. Fuck yeah, Especially because I was drinking at bars and stuff where it's on, like, mics and shows. So yeah. So it's just like, yeah, we're not going to be doing this really when we're going on stage anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I when I first started, which wasn't that long ago, I would drink too much before I got on stage, and I'd forget a lot of stuff. But now I, I, I have a rule. I have rules now. I have rules for everything. 
especially because I'm married and stuff. I I never go over five drinks no matter what I do. Wherever I am, five drinks is the max. So if I'm there for five hours, yeah. five drinks. That's it. Which sounds like a lot. I mean, like... Does it sound like a lot? Five this last Sunday when I was setting up the uh, mic upstairs, like, I was, uh, like, I had, like, a drink every hour. <laughs> so it was, like, six hours setting up, so I had six beers. We drank once together. You can yeah. hold your liquor, man. You did not seem phased by it at all. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you, you held your shit. We were drinking for... We were drinking, though, yeah. that day. We were drinking. I, I puked the next morning. Jesus. I did. Yeah, I was rough. The I, last time I puked, fuck, I was drinking with... Um, uh, who was I drinking with the other night? Um, someone from Comedy Mob. And I must have had, like, 11 fucking drinks. And that was the most I've had. I just talked about all my rules. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I must have had 11 drinks. But I was trying to, like... I don't know, man. What I do this you, weird Bert thing. Kreischer? Yeah, dude, I was just trying to be as, I don't know, man. I was just trying to be a friend, you know what I mean? I was just trying, I didn't want to, like, puss out and leave. Because I'm never out late, man. So I was just like, ah, fuck it. I can't handle it, man. I, I just don't got the fortitude for it anymore. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to curb it down a bit myself. Yeah, I've been getting less and less, like, most of the time I would come back here and have, like, a few drinks yeah. after I got home. And it's like, I got no booze in the fridge right now. Yeah. I try not to keep alcohol in the house, actually, just because, like, I'll drink it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, like, not even that I want something. It's just a force of habit. So that's another one of my rules. Unless someone brings me or buys me something. But generally speaking, that'll last, like, months. I got a bottle of Drambuie. You know what that shit is? No. It's like this caramelly Welsh whiskey. Mm. It's fucking awful. Tastes like corn syrup. Gross. It's, yeah. It's been Sounds like Christmas. Canadian Limited. Oh, <laughs> You shitting on Canada, bro? No, in college, I used to drink this. It wasn't technically. It's not even Canadian Limited. It's Canadian <laughs> LTD. Period. Oh, so you know what they did? They they set up an LLC. Yeah, and called it Canada Limited because it sounded better. Yeah, that's that's probably had nothing to do with Canada. It came like you know the bottle of uh, like cooking oil, like the cr- like the Crisco yeah, vegetable, yeah, yeah. it came in a bottle like that. Real good. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> it didn't eat through the fucking plastic. Oh, dude, I I could clear one of those in a night. Man, my drinking prowesses are are bad. It's a skill I wish I hadn't developed so long. But uh, I'm married now, man. I try to cool it. But, like, here's a question for you. Are you telling me I should just go back into it? I'm not married. <laughs> no, We're no. doing this, man. <laughs> no, no, fuck that. Going in the deep end. But you have no one that's hel- holding you accountable. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Technically. That, that's awful. That is awful. <laughs> you have to set your own limitations and boundaries and then listen to yourself when you've been drinking. That's have, almost impossible. Have you listened to me before? I am terrible. <laughs> this is an awful idea. Yeah, man. I moved halfway across the country on a fucking fever dream. Dude, you got a ball full of cookies right there. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. The double chocolate chip pink peppercorn cookies. That sounds good, man. But um, so what's the path forward for you, man? Like, what what do you see for yourself? Like, do you have to put a goal on the horizon in comedy to, like, keep yourself motivated? Or, or are you just keeping the I, grind going? Every time that I've set the goals, the goalpost moves forward. Yeah. And it's like, as I get closer to that original goal... I don't even care about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, uh, okay, so I want to move. I want to become like a New York comic. Yeah. So I move to New York, and it's like, 
fuck, I'm doing that left and right. It became <laughs> one of those things where it's like, uh, well, yeah, I'm doing comedy in New York now. It doesn't matter. COVID hits, and then I, I'm not a comic, but I am in New York. Yeah. I get vaxxed up, start going out again. Uh, okay, we're going to set these goals. We're going to start doing a podcast. We're going to start uh, doing uh, our own shows because I'm not getting booked on things yeah. as quickly as I wanted. Uh, we're going to any dumb idea. You're just going to write down like a sentence, something, and going to base something off of that. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, you're going to be out this much or that much. You're going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And like right now it's like, okay, you're going to go out of the city. It's like, I got booked on a thing in Newark. Uh, I'm doing upstate, uh, in a bit. I am working on going to Texas and doing some shows out there, Louisiana. Nice. And now it's like, okay, so. That was easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what's the next thing? Yeah. I think what's what I'm noticing now is popping up is a lot of getting past style shows that have taken the industry room and they've got their own version of it just way better. Well, that's the other thing. Like, it's great getting past these places, but most of them don't pay anything. And oh, man, that's crazy. makes it so... Like, yeah, I love the fact, like, I've done shows where it's like, you get $20. Yeah. Which means that it's still not worth really doing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. I mean, what? how, how do these people move out of that world? Is it just building a big enough social media following, man? Because I've seen comics with less followers than you and me who are getting paid to, like, headline. Well, not headline, but they're getting paid to be at the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I I just wish there was like a like a spreadsheet or like a a, a way we we would know how to like move up, climb up. Like in every other profession in the world, there's well things to do. That's the thing. Like uh, I, at least in New York, I've never gotten much of anything from just like uh, doing comedy. Yeah, we were talking about before. It's political here. Yeah, it yeah. is. God awfully political. And it's like, yeah, if you want to be on this show, you have to keep showing up to watching. And it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I want to become a better comic. But what you're telling me to do is to put a pause on that so you can fill up a seat, which I get. And charge me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm trying to do right now. You're Come out right now. Yeah. Come out Monday, 730. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not above it. You can't be though, right? That's like, the thing. It's like, fuck, man. But the thing is, though, if you're, I like what you're doing because getting it done at a comedy club, yeah, is way more legit. I think people will actively want to be on that show. That's the thing. I want to be able, like, one of the reasons why me, Rehad, Matt started doing the mayhem stuff was because it's like there are so many good comics out there who, it's just like, yeah, we've seen them. They should definitely be on ship, but they aren't. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think if it was just based on raw talent alone, I think it would be a very different scene. I think it would be something that we wouldn't even recognize if it were to like wake up one day and that would be the, to be the case. You know what I mean? Like 
raw talent and pure funny. Yeah. Like the ability to go on stage and maybe just riff, not even prepared material or something yeah. like that. Just, I think you'd see an entirely different comedy scene. A, a very honest one. Yeah. But we're never going to have that world. No. Never going to happen. Well, but, the, there's all the different forms of doing stand-up. Like, mm. uh, I went on stage on Monday and, like, I was hosting a mic. I, like, three quarters of what I did up there was just riff. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, I told one joke. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. entire time <clears throat> I was up there, the rest of it was just like what I thought of while I was sitting down right before I went up. Yeah, I th- that's like that um, uh, Dave Chappelle special, the Bird special, the one where he's in that. I think it's in Texas. He's just yeah. walked into a comedy club and it's no prepared material, just his mind. Yeah, just coming out of his mouth. That is fucking unreal. I I just want to get to maybe not that level. Like that's a master class. You know what I mean? Like that's that's so so much talent. Yeah. You can't help but be in awe of it. Yeah. You know, it's inspiring. It really is. Then you see his newest one and you go like, he's kind of losing it. This yeah. is a TED talk. It, it sucks, man, because it's like, it's it's sandwiched in the middle of like, you know, bad, like, good, everything goes like back to sandwich. Like it was like really amazing comedy. And then it's like 45 minutes of what's on my mind. Yeah, honestly, man. And it's like his mind poured out on the paper. But then again, yeah. you, you see specials like Hannah Gatsby's Nanette. And then it gets critical acclaim. It's like the biggest special in the and world. And it's... It's not comedy, though. No, I feel like it was a very important conversation to have. It's a beautiful story. That, yeah, absolutely. That said. TED Talk. Yeah. TED Talk, yeah. Like, the closest thing you had to a joke was the one about <laughs> Van Gogh painting flowers. And it was like that That was like the kind of a joke a teacher would tell. Yeah, she had, she had one thing that really made me laugh. And it was because uh, she's from Australia. Yeah. They're, they're bogans, she said, or something like yeah. that. Which is like lower class people. Yeah. And her standard advice on why to not be a lesbian was just get a cock in you. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking funny. Yeah. That was the funny part for the comedy special for me. But okay, I'm doing it. Like, in general, it was one of those things where it's like, not a comedy special. You know, don't, I, don't think it's bad. You know what? Speaking not of which, comedy. man, I, I, I wish I knew his name because I bet you fucking know him. I know you guys know all these people, but it was this um, Indian guy, and I was at Friends and Lovers. It's a comedy. Uh, Mal Nanjiani, yeah. No, no, it wasn't, no, wasn't it? Wasn't him? He, um, Ari Shafir. A lot of people mistake him. He's a little bit too light to be Indian. Depends though. on if he's been out in the sun long enough. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he can really pass. But um, he was this uh, Indian comic, and he had a baby, and he went. He left the scene, came back. He has a Netflix special. And this guy is like bar shows again. Just coming out of the scene that long. Damn. You know what I mean? So even when you're relevant, how long are you relevant before if you take your foot off the gas? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Uh, another comic I was talking to as well just said that, you know, your life gets in the way. You know, you're the natural progression of things. Yeah. Your relationships, your family, having a kid or not having a kid. It's all factored on comedy. Yeah. Because you're gone every night. Yeah. That's tough to do. So I think everyone should be nicer to each other. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, uh, you ever listen to Two Bears? Yeah, all the time. Uh, there have been a couple of times where Burt Kreischer actually starts crying when he thinks about the times that he's missed with his kids. Dude, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some comics that I know that have really long relationships, they definitely be further along than yeah. if they didn't. Yeah. Because, you know, you still have to live your life. So, I don't know, man. It's good to talk to to you about this and other comedians about it, man. I just unload all of my, my questions and stuff. It's really helpful. But uh, at the end of the day, I feel like we're all in it together, you know, like, <laughs> relatively. 
I, I, I think the one thing Laughing Buddha told me, which I don't know if I agree with, the class per se, mm-hmm. was that it takes 10 years to become a paid stand-up comic. Is this true? Is this, is this a realistic timeline? I mean, if you're going off of that, then uh, less than a year into New York, I was 10 years in. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Because I, I was doing these like small private gigs that were paying me real money. Yeah. And then everyone who was running them moved down to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and Arizona and just random fucking places. So now it's just like, okay. Well, you've done the road. Like, can can you not build a big enough following doing the road and like being a road comic? Like, no, you can. The thing is, is that you don't have to be doing this ten years. Okay. Yeah. In New York, if you want to be a paid regular in New York, exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, ten years. I would. Real hazard to say ten years if you're staying in New York. Goddamn, man. I mean, I think I just saw. This was a while ago. Dave Colombo headlined Caroline's. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's like a dream of mine. Yeah, Good, like that's a, ma- a dream of mine for sure. Um, He's been doing it ten years, so maybe it's not that unrealistic of a timeline. The thing right? is, though, is that he hasn't really left New York at all. Right. It's tough for people, man. Do, I don't have a car. Do yeah. you have, Do you have a car? No, I don't have a car. And so, like, to just to, to to go on the road to book a car for a week is like six hundred bucks plus accommodations and food. You're talking about maybe a couple thousand dollars to be on the road if you're not. I don't know, slumming it on couches or, or crashing on, on people's houses and stuff like that. I don't think the clubs are going to give you much, right? Yeah. So you, it's, out, it's all out of your own pocket. Yeah. That's a fucking big, that's a big ask. Yeah. That's a big cost, man. And dude, like my wife and I are fine, but like we don't have that kind of money to just bomb away on comedy. Well, it's people. like, uh, so I'm looking at going to uh, Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. So... I can get an Airbnb in a shithole for like twenty bucks a night. It's not horrible. Uber's around there, about twenty bucks a ride. It's not the worst. Yeah, flight down there, hundred and twenty bucks back and forth. That's not too bad, but still, for a week plus your food. Yeah, right? food. I eat cheap. Any place I'm working probably will feed me. Yeah, they'll probably give you a staff meal or something like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It can definitely be cheap, but it's still a big cost for someone who lives in New York City. Yeah. You know, because things keep getting harder and harder for us with inflation and everything like that, man. Like, I I just don't know. I think that's probably why most people quit, right? Because they can't afford it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I one of the things I've been doing recently is just reducing my costs for everything. Like, my fridge right now, I have uh, meals for the next, like, eight days. Okay. It's like... Chicken, rice, and bean burritos cost me like uh, nine dollars. Okay, that's that's good. And it started out with like fifteen days worth of food. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's definitely ways to do it, man. Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, if you're really willing to just eat shit, <laughs> you have to. You have to make deals with God you can't go back on. <laughs> it's like a Faustian deal, man. I would yeah. happily... I'm waiting for my Harvey Weinstein moment. I don't give a fuck. I'm saying this on a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will happily have sex well, <laughs> with the book. I don't give a fuck. There, there's that old question. That's terrible. There was a lot of it. There's that old question. 
Would you suck a dick for a million dollars? Hands down. And the thing is, is that my price is way less than a million. Dude, I mean, that moment, let's say, yeah. that for one, what do you think your mouth is worth? Like, you fucking self-deluded prick. Everyone always does the million teeth, dollars. Man. Baby, I bet you can suck the bend out of a river. I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no fucking doubt. But the thing is, man, everybody has that million dollar price point. Yeah. I live in Crown Heights. You live in Bushwick. Why would I get a million dollars? There's a gay bar around the corner <laughs> dude, from me. If I buy a guy enough Jaegers, I can probably get him. I've seen the guys who go in there. Like they can, <laughs> What's the gay bar around the corner? Uh, What is the name of that? Is it's it not, Birdie's? No, it's uh, right next to Birdie's. Okay, because I'm going to Birdie's to meet my wife after. Birdie's is like a real divey dive bar that I've just had bad dates in. My kind of fucking bar, dude. I went there one time on a date because the girl that I was going out with, we met on Tinder, she suggested it. Oh, great. And it's like, all right, I'm like coffee shop, uh, this cafe, whatever. Sure. And she said the bar. Fuck it. We'll go to the bar. Yeah, but she suggested a dive bar. She doesn't drink. Oh. Why would... And then she got mad at me for having two beers. What a fucking head case, dude. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? That's probably her MO, dude. Like this weird psychological pseudo-sexual game she plays with people. And it's like, no, I I, I don't want to see you again. I know you don't want to see me again. Go fuck yourself. I had an ex-girlfriend who, I swear to God, I've done coke off her tits. And she got really fucking pissed at me when I did when I bought scratch tickets for a bus ride home. She's like, that's bad. You're gambling. And I'm like, we've done, dude. I had my head, I got a concussion at a fucking uh, a frat football, I don't know, football game, whatever the fucking frosh week thing is. This guy jumped on my head at a pancake kegger while I was doing a headstand, like sucking down the beer. Yeah. And I fell into a fucking bookshelf. And Jesus. broke it, dislocated my shoulder. All of that, completely fine with her. But I bought scratch tickets, and that's where she started to, to shower on me. Jesus. When I had a bingo scratch card, dude. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, the things people get upset about, you man. You spent $3. You fucker. What a fucker, eh? But yeah, back to the million dollar thing, man. Like, I think my, my price, realistically, cause I'm just going to think about it from a financial perspective. 100 grand. And even that is pretty fucking high. I was going to say like $500. Imagine. <laughs> oh, think about how many dicks you can suck. Like, let's say you have an eight-hour shift, a normal working day, you get a half-hour lunch. Uh, if you're swallowing, you don't even need the lunch. Oh, fuck. And like $500 a dick, you can get through oh, at man. least like four or five dicks an hour. Have you ever smelled someone with dick breath? It's a thing. It is, but I'm just saying like. <laughs> They're not smelling your breath. No, no, they're not in it for that, man. There's not a lot of kissing going on. Yeah. But um You bring a toothbrush and some mouthwash with you. Yeah, man, the fuck up. Um You look in the mirror, <laughs> you wipe off that like running mascara and you go back down. Get back to fucking work. Yeah. There's not a, a unionized smoke break. Uh you know it's fucking <laughs> I used to work at a, a, a shelter and yeah. there was this guy, gay guy, and um I swear to God, his price, like he would always eat bananas when we put the bananas out. Like it, and he would eat them like he was sucking a dick. And yeah. he made the same joke every day. And he goes, if I had a nickel for every time I was called a, a faggot, yeah. I'd be a millionaire. And he would fillet the banana to yeah. the point where we had to like intervene <laughs> when he'd be eating bananas. We'd have to be like, Kendall, you have to stop eating the bananas like this. Like we will happily give you money. To not eat the bananas in the way that you're eating them. A nickel each time. A nickel each time. <laughs> and honestly, dude, this guy, the banana, I'm, I'm saying fillet a banana. Yeah. But he like peeled it with his mouth almost, like sucked it back, 
and then like a like a freezy you push up from the bottom yeah. and he would just put the whole banana down his throat and just like mush it in his throat so he didn't choke. Jesus. And I was just like, dude, you're a fucking savage. You you shouldn't be here. <laughs> like this is a skill. Yeah. Oh fuck. Anyways, that's my sucking dick story that comes to mind. I just know I, I remember Brenda. Mm. Brenda was a uh trans woman. Okay. Not a trans woman. She described herself as a cross dresser and a tranny. Okay, because uh, that's different. She she was a uh, coke and crack kind of gal. Ooh. She showed up to this uh, dive bar I used to hang out with, like all the other kitchen and construction folks called uh, Upper Ninety. You know, it's supposed to be a soccer bar, just turned into a shithole. They do that dive though. Bar. Yeah, they do. They really do. No, soccer no. bars are always dive bars. No, no. I mean, like this was like anything could occur there. Oh, really? Kind of. Place. Like, I went there one time, and I saw a man tear one of the TVs <laughs> off a wall and slam it over his head. Oh, did Juventus lose or something? What happened? <laughs> no, no. He was just playing pool, finished his beer, grabbed it, and went... <laughs> Fucking A. God. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've done at a bar? Uh, I haven't really done anything crazy at a bar, like... I worked as a bouncer, and I used to pick up people and yeah. toss them into the street. Hmm. I don't think I've ever done... I think one time at a strip club, I was really drunk, Yeah, and I puked in the urinal, but I was puking... I puked on my penis a little bit, <laughs> and I kind of just put it under the, the, the hand dryer, and I just went back into the club. That's a cl- that's the crazy I, thing I can remember. I I haven't really done much crazy stuff at bars. Yeah, me neither, man. I, I, I always Parties, thought it was a good thing yeah, to... Parties, uh, bars, no. Even parties, man. I was always pretty well behaved. Yeah, for the most part, same here. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll happily do my drugs and my drinks or whatever yeah. back in the day. Not anymore, but but yeah, I always thought that was like a good thing to keep your shit together. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I didn't think anybody really wanted to hang out with a six foot pull four, like three hundred and fifty pound guy who's <laughs> losing his shit. Well, you know what like, I mean? Like uh, when I was like, I did it. Acid for the first time in the Ozarks of Arkansas, <laughs> and uh, my buddy is supposed Why to be Why were you shop. up there? Just going on a trip? Or? Oh, we figured, oh, it's nice. It's in nature. There's a little creek running by this cabin we're in. Good acid spot. Uh, and my buddy, who's supposed to be our shaman, our guru, the guy teaching us all this stuff, he loses his goddamn mind, and the next day when we're driving back, we're talking about how, like, each one of us would have been a different experience. Like, uh, one of our friends would have been, like, a uh, psychological horror. <laughs> this one was just, like, he was just jump scares because he would, like, change personalities halfway through. Whenever really? a, there was one of those Febreze air fresheners, anytime that would go off, like, one of those. Oh, the automatic ones? Yeah, just. Sense? <laughs> really? Right now? Right now? Why are you doing that right now? Oh, my God. Where am I? What's happening? Oh, my God. Ah. It's funny the things you left fucking interrupt your trip, man. God damn. But for me, like, it was like, yeah, if that happened to you, it would have been. You ever seen Friday the 13th? Just because it's like, especially at the time, like, I was powerlifting. I was giant. It's just like, yeah, nobody wanted to see what would happen if. I got that trash because, like, I, like, at the time, I could just, I could literally pick up someone your size and just 
move you wherever I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Like it's like no, that's terrifying. Yeah, but you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, that's off the thing. Your shit. Yeah. I, I also too, man. I don't know if you do this, but like after a night of heavy drinking, the next morning I'm like, did I do something dumb? Like, and it's an all-consuming thought. Like I'll go through. I don't even. I've never done it. I've. I'll go through my messages. Yeah. I'll go through my Instagram. I'll go through my signal. Yeah. Which delete after a day, which is just like drug dealers use that shit. Yeah. I'll go through everything and be like, did I get loose lipped? And then I didn't. And I, then I didn't. Yeah. But for those two hours, it takes me in the morning to psychologically build up to go check the damage that I didn't do. And this is the routine I do all the fucking time. And it's just like, part of me wishes I could be the guy who <laughs> just does crazy shit. But it's like, yeah, you know, if I'm like, I'll get trash drunk at home and watch a movie. Like when I was in college, I got blackout drunk watching uh, the first one of the new Jurassic Park movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which one? The first, second, or third? First one. Oh, yeah, that's the best one. Oh, no, I was pissed off. Oh, why? I thought it was a shitty movie, and one of my roommates... It's not the best of the new ones. I I thought I had the apartment to myself over the summer. (laughs) He was just there for a night, and he's like, Dude, you're just screaming at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's the worst that happens. That's not I even bad. Angrily man. critique a movie. It can't even get you any feedback, dude. So you're you're a nice guy, man. So you're not even gonna push the the boundaries, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I don't blame you, man. But um so let me ask you a question. This New York Comedy Club edition, yeah. you do well. How many are they gonna give you a month? Uh, they said at least one to start out with a month. That's good. Yeah, and like I've done the four a month spot. Yeah, that's a had, lot of work. We though. had an open mic, then a show, and it repeated like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we were getting great attendance at that time. Then COVID hit wow. the second wave with all that Delta bullshit. I know. And uh, first, uh, we got COVID. Uh, and the band performing on our New Year's Eve show, a couple of their members got COVID. Then half the staff of the bar got COVID, and we didn't start up again until, like, February, and just everything was fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then other people probably had their own shows that were taking yeah, the and venues and stuff. Yeah. And I know there's one at um, there's one I really want to do at New York Comic Strip. Yeah. Uh, Sunday Scaries. I want to do that one. That looks like a really good one. Fold up. Filled yeah. up. Always filled, it looks like. But then again, doing comedy. I think they've only done like one or two of those. Have they? They looked good. I've yeah. always, I just follow them. They re- look like great shows, man. I think. Uh, I've only seen one or two of those posted up ever. The, the two. Hey, man. Uh, roommate just walked in. Yep. Um, I've seen them. Yeah, but I've also, I think I was in attendance for one of them too. But I, I, really, I really hope you get this, man. I feel like you guys deserve it. I think, you know, I think I've been to one of your Brooklyn Music Kitchen shows yeah. back in the day when I first started. And this was like, oh man, when was this? This was like. April 2021, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I was only at one, but we didn't really know each other that well. I was just coming along to try to make friends. But um, I hope you guys get it, man. I really do. So do I. Yeah. I think you guys deserve it. I think you guys, I think you three are fucking funny. And uh, nobody's doing what you guys are doing. I mean, this is a three host show. You guys got your own sort of setup and you got your own different personalities and stuff. Yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't work. So, how many tickets have sold? Like, we don't know for sure because we don't have those numbers, but if uh, everyone who's bought tickets, everyone who said they bought tickets, bought tickets, we've got like uh, 30, 40 out there right now. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, the club only fits, what, 70 people? Something like that, 70, 80. 
Okay, so we're we're halfway there. Yeah. Okay, I think me and my wife are going to def- definitely come through Monday seven thirty because there's no Monday night mob now. Yeah. So I'll definitely be there, me and my wife. Other than that, uh, yeah, man, I really hope you guys get it. That'd be really exciting. Yeah. We're really hoping it works out. Like, uh, shit, we got some good comics on that thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I haven't seen all of them perform. I know Alan Fitzgerald, and I've seen Kitty Reynolds. Yeah. And who are the other ones that are on it? Uh, Nate Orton. I don't think I've seen. Oh, yeah, Randy Orton's son. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. He, like, he's done, like, he did, like, an hour, hour and a half at Caroline. So really? Yeah. Good for him. Like, uh, we kind of gave him carte blanche with how long he wanted to go at one of our uh, Brooklyn Music Kitchen shows, and he did, he was supposed to do 20 to 25. He did, like, 38 minutes, and it didn't feel like 38 minutes. It was hilarious. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That's, dude, that's the a thing. a fucking monster. When you're not checking your time, yeah. and it just flows out of you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like as an audience member, just to just be there, yeah. be like, oh, that was 45 fucking minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had three drinks. I didn't even notice it. Like, that's when it's the most fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm excited for this show. Yeah. Who else you got? You got... um, uh, Caitlin Palufo and Steven Rogers, who... Uh, Captain Rogers? Uh, Steven Rogers. See, that's Captain Rogers' name, isn't it? Steve Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, both of them are seller comics. Uh, nice. Both Pass it to seller? Yeah. Both so you got some legit pro comics on this fucking uh, And funny thing... Uh, so Matthew wanted to get Steven Rogers. I want to get Caitlin Palufo. Uh, there are a couple. Really? Yeah. It was like we Matthew Broussard and, yeah. uh, that other girl, um, Lauren Srogar. Yeah. They did, um, the Bring It show the other weekend. Yeah. And they both had sets. Matthew Broussard is a killer. He's yeah. so fucking funny and she's hilarious yeah. as well. And, uh, they both had sort of bits about each other about not getting married and catching bouquets yeah. and like it was a whole thing it was like a choreographed dance and you only realized it at the end that they were together and it was so fucking funny well, one of the funniest things was so i saw caitlin palufo uh i went to the cellar like a year ago it's expensive and uh she she was doing this whole bit about like short kings and stuff like <laughs> that and like the man in her life is and Stephen Rogers is like, I think around my height. Oh, really? And it's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck. You're talking about him the whole time. Oh, fuck. That's yeah. Jokes, man. And kind of adorable that they are both. I think it's great they're both doing the same show. That's amazing, man. Yeah. And then you you have Alan Fitzgerald as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a great show, man. I'm very excited to, yeah. to go. But uh, listen, man, I gotta pack it up. I'm with right. my wife. But uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm going to have you on my podcast as well. Are Don't you doing uh, the Thursday show at New York Comedy Club? Uh, no, not this week. I didn't, Damn. I didn't manage to get it. Ah, oh, shit. Well, I'll see you, man. Are you? Did you get the Sunday one? Nah. Okay. Well, when you need yeah, me I to come through. I didn't get either one of them. I will come through. Like I through saw brother. when they hit, and then I clicked it. Done. Done, dude. Three minutes, Max. Yeah. It's fucking unreal, man. But uh, anything you need me there for, man, I'm there. I'm happy to come do the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll have you yeah. on my podcast as well. Uh, this was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate yeah, man. it. Thanks for coming by. All right, brother. Thank you. In my hometown, everybody was in Folks, it. That was Kyle Vaders. He, he is doing a lot of comedy mob stuff. You can catch him all around the city. He is a wonderful guy and a tremendous comedian. If you, uh, if you get the chance, go out and see him. You can follow him on Instagram. I have his uh, all of his social stuff uh, linked underneath the podcast description. 
Uh, yeah, I had a good time talking with him. I hope you had a good time listening. Uh, yeah, come see uh, some more Mayhem Comedy stuff. Come see me. Come see Kyle. Come see comedy. Just go out and do that, would you? All right. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I can get behind anything.